0: The Royal family shows up for the Royal Ascot as Queen Elizabeth skips the horse race.
1: The horses really are the biggest, you know, her favorite part of, you know, the the summer season. And so I think she was probably devastated. Prince William and Duchess Kate planning a big move as Andrew is cut from the order of the garter. The powers that be know that Andrew cannot be in the spotlight right now.
0: And why was Queen Elizabeth and Prince Harry's meeting only 15 minutes during the Royal Jubilee? Well, royal expert Jonathan Sacradotti helps us break it all down.
2: I think it's totally understandable that she was saving her energy as best she could for all the events that she wanted to be at, if she possibly could.
0: We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine. And despite it not being Jubilee weekend, we still have a lot of royal news to get to. There is so much to talk about, but it did feel a bit different this week. I guess it was a, a, a bit like the
1: stories were a bit lighter. There wasn't quite so much going on as last week. Yes, but
0: not quite so, as much going on, but still a lot to talk about. Yes. We're going to break it all down. But first, let's see what you guys have to say about last week's show. Um, Daniel Wallace said the whole celebration also put a clear emphasis on the future of the monarchy, talking about the Jubilee, which um, is, you know, I definitely uh, makes a good point. It seems like the Queen is almost kind of slowly handing everything over to Charles and William and, you know, getting ready for the future. Yeah,
1: we definitely did see a lot of what the future looks like. There is this sort of nice, you know, passing of the torch, so to speak, when Charles and William step into events that the queen would normally, you know, sort of be present for. So it it was a a strange sort of passing
0: of the torch. Yeah, definitely. Um, Bella would. A lot of people had, of course, a lot to say about Harry and Meghan. Um, Bella says, I highly doubt that any royal acted belligerently towards H&M after going on TV and trashing them. It's amazing they were invited at at all. While Kat said, if Harry was looking to mend fences, then he should have started with an apology. Uh, He has trashed them. So it seems like a lot of people um, were on the royal side to all
1: of this. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Even though we barely saw Harry and Meghan, and they really didn't do much during the Jubilee, they were still so much a part of the conversation.
0: Yeah. It's like, like, we've said it before. They can't win. They can't lose. It's kind of Absolutely. It's a lose-lose situation pretty much actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so they, you know, they showed up, they represented the queen or they, they honored the queen and they did what they had to do. And, you know, and they quietly went home, which is, I think what they wanted to do kind of slip under the radar. We'll talk a little bit more about um, Harry and uh, Megan a little bit later, but first let's get to it, into our Royal roundup. And kick it off with the Royal Ascot because the Royal family did step out, but noticeably absent was Queen Elizabeth. And we know how much she loves her horse races. So I'm sure this was hard. This is a five-day event. And she did issue a, a statement in the program writing, I have been most grateful for the continued kindness shown to me by the racing community. In my Platinum Jubilee year, I was interested to learn that in support of the Queen's Green Canopy Initiative, Ascot Racecourse and the Crown Estate have planted 70 oak trees in Windsor Great Park, each of which is linked to a local school. I hope you all have an enjoyable and memorable time and i wish connections of the horses running this week the very best of luck i'm sure this was hard for her to miss this one because i think that this is probably one of her favorite events it's so hard we've said this a few
1: times but the horses really are the biggest you know her favorite part of you know the the summer season and so i think she was probably devastated again i think it's just it's just like
0: a real kicking you when you're down sort of thing to miss the events you really love oh definitely but like we said uh The royal family did represent with Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall um, leading the procession. Princess Anne was there, Princess Beatrice and her husband. So uh, it was well represented. There are five days to this event. So who knows if she'll be showing up to um, later ones. She has been struggling with mobility issues, which has sidelined her for a few things. But we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, it's been so difficult to, you know, for her to miss out on these things that are sort of iconic moments that we would see the queen. I think it's just sort of, again, reminders of what's maybe to come. Definitely.
0: Well, the queen did make an appearance at the Order of the Garter because Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall, was installed as a royal lady of the Order of the Garter. Uh, Camilla's appointment is significant as those who marry into the royal family are rarely included in the order unless they are the spouse of the monarch. Now, she made her feelings of Camilla uh, clear earlier this year when she used her platinum jubilee message to share that Camilla will be known as queen consort when Charles becomes king. So this is also a big event. A lot of the members of the royal family were in attendance. But yes, uh, Camilla, this is one step closer in her being named queen consort. Yes,
1: definitely. I think it's another another um, sign that the queen is hugely um, supportive of Camilla's future role, and really has become quite close to Camilla yeah. uh, because this is something that the this is a role that really the sovereign gives out, um, you know, as a show of sort of respect and gratitude for service to the sovereign in the grand scheme of things it's the highest order in the united kingdom you know it's the it's really the biggest thing that the queen could do for camilla aside from you know saying i want her to be queen consort um so it really is a huge show of support from the queen to the duchess of cornwall
0: yeah definitely and this is a huge event this is a big spectacle because every june a grand procession of knights take place at windsor castle accompanied by a marching band prince william was there uh, obviously prince charles um but noticeably not there and this caused a big, uh, big to do was uh, Prince Andrew. So despite him being a knight in the order, he did not appear in the public procession or any public aspects of the ceremony, even though he was listed in the official program. Now, royal sources did say that this was a family decision for him um, to be withdrawn from the event last minute following discussions led by Prince Charles and Prince William. Um, Like I said, this decision was so last minute that his name was printed in the order of service that was handed out in the ceremony. I'm so, I'm so confused by this. Like, why is he still like, even in conversations to be going? Right, to why place? is this even part of the
1: conversation? Right, Should right. just be a blanket? No. Yes. I, mean, I, I do wonder if it was maybe a way to sort of like, um, you, you know, appease Andrew saying maybe. you can't be there, but we'll still put your name on the list. I mean, he is still technically a knight of the garter and technically you can never not, you know, you can never be removed from that order yeah. technically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wonder if that was just sort of a way to appease him. But the powers that be know that Andrew cannot be in the spotlight right now. I know there was a lot of there was a story that came out where he's sort of trying to, you know, favor his way back in and, you know, rejoin royal life. And everyone is shaking their heads like, no, 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 you cannot come back. (laughs) No, just stop. (laughs) (laughs) right. Um, Especially since I don't think he's really you know, I don't think he's gone away the last couple of oh, weeks. There's still, there's still stories of either he's at church with the queen or, you know, this or, order of the Garter thing. It's like, he hasn't actually sort of fallen off the radar the way that he's supposed yeah, to be. No,
0: he's still, I, it just seems like, I don't know, like maybe he just doesn't, I mean, this is all speculation that he just doesn't get the magnitude of what he did and what is, what he was accused of. So um, yeah, he really needs to take a step back. And I feel like once charles does become king i think like we won't see much of andrew at all it seems like um but who knows we'll have to wait and see um yeah well a scary moment for prince harry because he took a tumble off his horse during a polo match in california Photographers captured the Duke of Sussex, thrown to the ground after he fell at the Santa Barbara Polo and Racquet Club. Um, scary moment, but he did brush himself off, got back on a new horse, and continued um with the event. But it's scary those falling off those horses. I know. Well, for
1: us at my sister-in-law used to do show jumping and she would fall off the horses all the time. So I think when you're used to it, it's, you know, no big deal. Like Harry just got up and brushed it off. And then for you and I, it would be a huge, (laughs) terrifying ordeal. But it seems like he attends a lot of these events, you know, he, uh, he, yes, he yeah, he's doing match. the, the ch- polo matches for charity, I think yeah. throughout the summer. Yeah. Um, and usually it's a big celebrity draw. Uh, you know, you always see someone famous pop up. I think I saw David Foster was there this time and he and his wife, Catherine McPhee are really close friends with the Sussexes. Right. So uh, it was, you know, it's such, it is a polo in the summer, is such a fun family event. And it's nice to get friends together. So I think it was a, nice to see them out.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And for a good cause. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of good causes, I love this story. The Duke of Cambridge hit the streets of London this week to sell issues of a UK magazine that supports the homeless. Uh, The Future King asked passersby if they would like the latest copy of Big Issue magazine, which is sold by homeless people, long term unemployed and those that need money to avoid going in debt. Um, So retired police officer, Matthew Gardner, wrote on LinkedIn, my brother-in-law was in London today and saw a celebrity. So he took a photo at a distance. The celebrity saw the covert surveillance effort and crossed the road to investigate further. What an honor to have a private moment with our future King who was humble and working quietly in the background helping the most needy. I love this so much. Um, the, um, Matthew went on to write that, uh, his brother-in-law didn't have any money with him. So Prince William had like a credit card machine and swiped it through and gave him, uh, the big issue magazine. And, I just think that this is so great. It was so undercover. Like there was, right. the, it wasn't meant to be a, a big deal. Um, but of course, you know, when you're Prince William, you're going to get spotted. I know. I did see a couple of stories pop up on Twitter after this
1: came out of, a, of certain people saying, oh yes, he once, you know, volunteered at my soup kitchen. Or yes, I saw him at this, you know, organization. And it's incredible to think that they that the Royals are doing things quietly that we never hear about. You know, they're always in the news, but then there are those, events or, you know, those moments that we don't actually see them, but they're still doing good work.
0: Definitely. I love it so much. All right. Well now it is time to spill the royalty and William and Kate are planning on moving to Windsor. I know Christine, you and I have talked about this for quite some time, but it seems like this summer it's definitely going to happen, right? Yeah. That's all the reports are leaning towards them
1: moving um, out to either Windsor or Berkshire this summer. It's a little bit confusing because Windsor and Berkshire are not the same place, um, but there's re- somehow reports that they're moving to both. Um, but it sounds like they're going to set up camp at Windsor castle or it within the Windsor, you know, Royal Park, um, there's several houses there that they could choose from, Mm -hmm. or, I mean, Windsor castle's enormous. Surely there's a couple of spare bedrooms. Yes. (laughs) Um, until they settle into a house that they can find out there i think that they were just getting a little claustrophobic you know the kids couldn't remember the kids were spotted getting ice cream a few weeks ago and it's probably starting to feel a bit claustrophobic that the kids can't kind of be kids because london is such a microscope for them
0: no definitely yeah well to break this down even further and to tell us what happened between queen Queen elizabeth and prince harry during their meeting during the jubilee we sat down with royal expert jonathan sacrodotti take a look there's this big story that Kate and William are really moving to Windsor, right?
2: That's right. Uh, I think more or less coinciding with his 40th birthday, uh, they're making this move. It's been rumored for a while that they do it, and now they are doing that, which will bring them much closer to the queen, Mm -hmm. and possibly it'll give give them a different way of being able to bring up their kids. I think that they've always been very aware of, of the strains and pressures on the children of their public lives. And I think this will give the children the opportunity perhaps to be able to live a slightly more shielded life from the press within the larger surroundings of where they live in in terms of private land and stuff like that. So I think that's uh, one of the considerations that may have been in their mind. And I think they are meant to be keeping their current uh, residences as a London base where they can be as well. So it's not going to be complete difference where they never see their old home again.
0: Right, so it seems like the kids were probably a big factor in the move.
2: Yeah, I think that, and I, I, I guess as well also the Queen, because you know as as we're seeing her able to do fewer engagements in person when they involve movement and also a lot of forward planning, if they're not sure how she's going to be too far in advance. I think that um, it means that also they'll be closer to her. And as he is getting closer to taking on more responsibility all the time, and Prince Charles as well has obviously increased his workload over time, deputizing for the queen. um, Then I think that that will make it easier as well for them to perhaps given that training as he's going on, um, for with a with a view to really one day, you know, being the monarch himself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Does this, because uh, uh, it seems like Charles and William have been working pretty much hand in hand, you know, lately. Will this kind of make that more difficult, um, in the you know coming months, years?
2: Well, I don't suppose it will. I mean, let's let's not forget it. it's not we're not talking millions of miles between right, yeah. these different locations. And, and they also don't necessarily travel quite like you and I. They won't be sitting on a sweaty railway station <laughs> waiting right. for a delayed train. Uh, so I think they're probably able to to see each other and be in touch as often as they need. They have offices and and. Uh, courtiers who work for them to help coordinate everything. So I think the tight coordination between the members of the family will, will only get actually tighter and better rather than worse as a result of the move. There's no way they're going to do something now that would jeopardise their ability to keep in touch and, and keep a, a solid unified front in terms of how they face the world and carry out the activities that they're meant to.
0: The Jubilee definitely was a successful weekend. There was a lot of high moments, but of course, a lot of people were talking about Harry and Meghan and what did happen, what didn't happen and, you know, William and Kate not seeing Harry and Meghan. Do we know if they spoke afterwards and if there's any communication whatsoever? Because it seems like, um, you know, based on reporting that there was a, a frosty response from the Royal family to Harry and Meghan.
2: There was definitely a frosty relationship there. I think that I've said over and over during the Jubilee period that I think the royal family played it pretty much perfectly. They did invite Harry and Meghan, and they have always said that they're much-loved members of the family, and they treated them just like that, I would say. They, They were picked up from their private flight by the the Queen's own transport. They were taken to Frogmore Cottage where they were put up, even though it now has other royals living in it usually. Um, They were treated exactly as they should have been as family. They were invited to a certain number of the events Uh, They were put with the rest of the family during Trooping the Colour um, to watch in private so that was again treatment like any other royals in the family. I think they were they were treated very well Mm -hmm. and they themselves had said they had wanted to escape the glare of the media and the public as much as they had had to suffer during their time as working royals and I think the royal family respected that keeping them out of public gaze as much as possible. I think we saw why, because when they did go to the special service of Thanksgiving um, for the Queen, we saw that they were booed on the way into the the service. And and that was obviously quite upsetting to them and and their fans. So I think perhaps the royal family were right to try to steer them away from that sort of reception, knowing how most British people I think do, do see them. Um, Harry, remember, was once one of the most popular royals in the royal family, and that's really gone south since they left the country uh, and left the working royals. So the brothers, I don't know, um, they didn't have any public um, moments where they met or talked or showed affection for one another. We did see them a while back now unveiling the statue of their mother, Princess Diana, um, and there they they seemed civil and, and polite to one another. Uh, So I don't know if there's any sense of an actual rift. I I did speak to a source during the Jubilee celebrations, actually, who knows both brothers and who works even uh, with with them and has worked with them. And he said that the tensions that are talked about in the media are actually overblown and that it's not really something uh, that is as bad as it's made out. But then on the other hand, you know, as a friend of both of them, that might be the official line that's being put out. So I don't think we can know. We certainly didn't see any overt public displays of affection between the two brothers. We don't know if they've spoken since. Uh, we know that also William and Kate uh, are said not to have gone to the birthday party for Lilibet, um, their, their daughter, and uh, Harry, Harry and Meghan's daughter. And that, again, was, was seen by some as a snub. But of course, it wasn't a snub. They had other engagements. They were in Wales, uh, fulfilling their duties as still working royals during the Jubilee, celebration long weekend, so I think it was not really fair to expect them to attend a private birthday party even uh, of, of William's brother's daughter. I think that just shows their dedication to duty and service, uh, following the rules that are there for them in their role and their sense of responsibility, and I don't think it's fair to criticise them for not having been there. Of course, Her Majesty the Queen did get to meet Beth during this trip, which is great, I think, for her, and also Uh, for Harry and Meghan and their children. Mm
0: -hmm. Was it, were you surprised that it was, I mean, there was reports that it was only a 15 minute meeting between Harry and the Queen. Are you surprised that it was such a brief um, encounter? I mean, obviously there was a lot going on that weekend, uh, so many different events being pulled in so many different directions, but were you surprised that it was such a brief meeting?
2: I can't say it was, I'm not sure it's that brief. Um, I mean, we're talking about someone in their 90s and a baby. uh, And I think that given that she was, working very hard to maintain her strength and ability to attend, again, the things that are there as part of her duty as the monarch, uh, the celebrations, the all of the events marking that historical landmark in in not just her life, but the, the life and the history of this country. I think it's totally understandable that she was saving her energy as best she could for all the events that she wanted to be at, if she possibly could. And we saw that she did manage to appear several times in public. And that's great. Uh, But I think the whole nation knows, you know, we've all got older relatives. And I think that during this period, we really saw a transformation in the Queen's presentation to the UK and the world. She went from being the leader, the, the the sovereign, just the queen, the head of state, to being sort of grandmother of the nation. And I think that was a very deliberate shift. And just as we all have sympathy for our grandparents, uh, those of us who still have them, um, who are older, frailer, weaker than they might once have been, we have to be respectful of their ability to show the same energy they might have had once before or 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 their lack of ability to do that so I think in this case with the queen as grandmother of the nation everybody was behind her everybody was hoping that she'd have the strength and and not no pain so that she could stand or walk or appear at the events that she wanted to be able to be at Mm -hmm. and that she spent 15 minutes of that energy and time and strength at this birthday party or just before the birthday party for her her latest arrival in the family her great-granddaughter i think is wonderful and i'm sure that the the, the parents of Lilybeth, harry and megan also wouldn't particularly want to criticize her for it Well, i say i'm sure we'll, we'll find out pretty shortly if they do because it seems to be their new trade uh, criticizing members of the royal family for getting things wrong by them
0: well jonathan makes a good point you know even though that their meeting was only 15 minutes 15 minutes might be a lot for Queen Elizabeth at at this point. You know, she's dealing with those mobility issues. She had a jam-packed schedule. So I'm sure everybody was just um, so happy that they could spend a little bit of time together. Yeah, I think just any any amount of time
1: together was probably really special at this point. Definitely.
0: All right. Well, moving on to our royal history moment of the week. And the queen has become the second longest serving sovereign monarch in history. As of this week, she has been on the throne for 70 years and 127 days, second only to Louis the Fourteenth of France, who became king at the age of four. So I don't <laughs> think that she's going to be the longest reigning monarch in history, but... Second is pretty good.
1: <laughs> I know it's second. It's so it's wild to think that she, you know, Louis the Fourteenth became king at four, huh. whereas Elizabeth came became queen at what was it 24? 25, 26, 27. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, still is catching up to him. <laughs> That's Crazy. Wild.
0: It yeah. really is. But what, what an accomplishment. Seriously. Um, unbelievable. Yes. Really, really admirable. Yes. All right. Well, moving on to our Pine sized palace. And now we know why Prince Louis may have been acting <laughs> a little cheeky during the Jubilee pageant. Zara Tyndall's husband, Mike Tyndall, uh, remains a, fa- a fantastic source of royal family news because on his podcast, The Good, The Bad, The Rugby, he defended his nephew, um, who made Headlines obviously over his behavior. He said the kids were the stars of the show. Louis, he gets. He was just wanting to have fun, and my two are always mischievous. So it was trying to keep a lid on. There are a lot of sweets out back, though, so they had a complete sugar high. It's tough for them. They're all young. It's asking them to sit there from two till five. It's a long time. So as any parent knows, you just do whatever needs to be done. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, It's 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 so relatable. You know, it's
1: like like feeding them sweets underneath. during commercial breaks, like, just be
0: quiet, sit nicely. (laughs) Exactly. I know I was out to dinner with my kids and it was taking longer than expected. We were there for like three hours and it's like, you just give them as many sweets, as many things that they want just to keep them quiet and happy. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Whatever it takes. Yeah. It's nice to, again, we say it every week at this moment, but it's nice to know that they're just like us. They have the same parental struggles that we do.
0: They're totally, totally. All right. Well, that is it for this week. A lot of big royal stories, but a fun royal week. Christine, thank you for breaking it all down with me as always. Yeah, I loved this one. I love that, that the story about the sweets. I'm going <laughs> to laugh about that all week. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for watching. Keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.